Hi, this is Reverend Tommy, and I'd like to welcome you back to the garden where we explore the big questions about life. I invite you to open your minds and be receptive to seeing things differently. So let's get metaphysical. How big is your God? I've been wanting to ask that question for a while there, and I had it listed on a things to talk about at some time in the future. And so the future is here. And let me get right to the core of the question. It is very simply about perspective and or perception. That is to say, it is about the degree of my, your, and our spiritual unfolding. Three weeks ago, I was doing a lesson on Discover the Power Within You, a Unity classic by Eric Butterworth. And in his discussion of God, he writes, most people when asked say, yeah, sure, of course I believe in God. But when pressured to define what God is, they're not so sure. The following week, Michael did a lesson on the kingdom of God. Last week, Reverend Ivory talked about communication a.k.a. prayer with God. I didn't know either one was going to talk about God. During her lesson, Reverend talked about an old view of God out there, making whimsical decisions about our lives. This was the view of the Old Testament writers. And oddly enough, I find very oddly enough, still the view of many people today. It is a view of a judgmental God who has chosen people and who will literally set up the kingdom of God here on earth at the end of time. That is, when he gets done battling with evil forces, and you know the story, that's what many believe. So the winds of change were steering me towards the idea of talking about God again. I did a lesson some time back, it's on my podcast, called What is God? Now the real clincher for me on this topic was a 60 Minutes report that ran about three weeks ago about Voyager 1. I had seen the one that ran in October, but I love this space stuff. And so I sat there and watched intently. I called Biff, you're watching this, right, Biff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Biff likes it, too. So let me get you caught up on Voyager 1 in case you're not clear what's going on here. Voyager 1 is a spacecraft the U.S. launched in 1977. Its mission was to head out to the outer planets of the solar system, of our solar system, and gather new data and photos about the planets. Because at that time, we'd never gone beyond Mars, ever. And the images we had of those outer planets, pretty fuzzy stuff. The plan was, the plan of the managers was, that is, a four-year mission. Now, that's two years longer, further, than they had ever gone in the past. So it was stretching it a little bit. But the engineers, they had something else in mind. They had something else very much in line. Because the scientists and the engineers knew that during the years of 76, 7, and 8, the outer planets, which I guess would be Neptune, Uranus, and, uh, and Saturn, I believe, were going to be lined up in such a way that these guys know, and you know how it works. 
when they send a vessel out there, they'll send it around the planet, and when it comes back around, it, the, the gravity of the planet slingshots. It's like a slingshot, and it sends it out. So they said, you know what? We could use them three all together and send it in. They were looking at interstellar space. That's the engineers were looking. So they had that possibility. They had that hope. Well, what started as a four-year mission is now become a 41-year mission. Voyager 1 has been traveling for 41 years at the rate of 38,000 miles an hour. It is currently 13 billion miles from us, and its tiny little 1977 electronics is still sending us images from out there. That's amazing. Now, I haven't done math calculations in a long, long time, so you know, I started like, well, I don't know I can do this. So I said, what's 13 billion miles in light years? So I did a conversion, I think. And it is 0 .0022. 0 0.0022 light years. Now, at this point, my head's starting to really spin and my hands are trembling. I'm not, doing, I'm not used to doing math stuff anymore, you know? But I said, well, how does that work? How much longer would it take for Voyager to be one light year away from us? One. And it would seem, according to my not-so-good calculations, that it would take another 20,000 years to be one light year away. The nearest star to us is Alpha Centauri. And it is four light years from here. Four. And that's the nearest one. And there's billions and billions. The edge of the known universe, it's not really the edge, but it's kind of like the edge, is 14 billion light years from here. Now, you might be saying, why is this preacher man talking to me about space stuff? This is Sunday morning. Well, first, because I'm not a preacher man. I'm a teacher man. That's the main thing. And the other one is because I want you to try, just try, to get some kind of an idea of how big of a universe we live in. It is big. Now, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but if we were taking a trip up to Jeannie and Gordon's house in Canada, and we were using the relative distance between Voyager and Earth for them, after having traveled 41 years at 38,000 miles an hour, you'd still be in the parking lot. That's basically it. It is a big universe. And if it is but one of millions or billions, then what does that say about our God? What does that say about our understanding of God? Let me ask you another basic question. Do you really think we're the only life form that there is really? Seriously? Does that make any sense to you when you put things in that scope? You know, John 10, 16 says, I have other sheep, and they are not of this fold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. What the heck does that mean? Is that a reference to extraterrestrials? Because I know now my alien, the alien ancient theorist guys, their ears just perked up and said, it says that in the Bible? Uh-huh. I told you so. <laughs> See, I'm asking this question because if there are other civilizations out there, then is their God our God? 
our God, their God? We all agree there's only one God. And if there are other beings out there and God is going to set up the kingdom of heaven here on earth, as some believe, then are those beings coming over here? How are we all going to fit? What's going to happen to the earth in five billion years when it's no longer here? Because scientifically it's not going to be here in five, in five mil billion years. Is heaven going to be moved to another location? They're going to say, okay, everybody has to pack their bags now because we're moving somewhere else. See, if you're going to believe in the first century man's version of God, then to me, as a philosophy major, seems fair to ask these questions. That is, if you're going to believe the first century man's version of God. Let me get my remote control here and change the channel to another version of reality. I want to be clear about something. The first century man's model of the universe is but one version of things. It is one way of looking at this. There are others. Another, word, another one is to say simply that the first century man's view of God was as limited as their view of the universe was. In other words, and not to be critical, but that it simply represented the degree of their unfolding, period. It was their way of explaining things. It made sense to them, but it doesn't make sense to me anymore, and maybe not you either. With that in mind, let me propose to you the answer to the question, how big is your God? Your God is as big as your awareness is. Let me say that again. Your God is as big or small as your awareness is. As your awareness grows, your God grows. Same is true of the universe. As our awareness of the universe has grown, so too has the universe. Now, has the universe really grown? Did the facts about the universe change? Well, theoretically, the universe has changed because it's in the world of change. But relatively speaking, in the last 2,000 years, it hasn't changed that much. What has changed radically is our understanding of the universe, our perception of the universe. There's that magic word again. It keeps cropping up. Perception. Same is true of God. God has not changed, but our consciousness, our perception of it has. The consciousness of many people has grown to the point where they have outgrown that first century man version of God. Sometimes I like to say, I don't know what God is, but I know what God isn't. And it's not this big man in the sky judging us. It's just not. We are so tainted in the West. Our view of God is so tainted in the West that nothing short of a complete transformation is going to change it. I've told you before and I'll tell you again. I want you to search your memory banks, find your God file, right click and delete it. Delete the entire file. And let's start all over. Because for those of you with ears to hear and eyes to see, there is a new way <clears throat> of understanding this concept that's beginning to 
take over the planet. The consciousness of mankind is beginning to make a major shift into a higher dimension. We keep hearing that. <coughs> Pardon me. Lauren talked about that. At the same time, while it's happening, some people are going from that old view of God that they can't go with it to just plain going with, I don't believe in God at all. But there's a middle ground I keep talking about. And this is where we come into play. <coughs> Boy, my throat is dry today. This is where we come into play because it is our mission to help in raising the consciousness of the planet. In my weekly article to the Monitor, the local newspaper, I put this because I wanted to stir the curiosity of the reader and make them ask themselves some questions. I put, I wonder if you have ever asked yourself some simple questions about God, such as, how would I define God? Where is God? Does God love everyone equally? Or does God have favorites? Is God vengeful? Does God judge us? Does God get mad? Is God all powerful? And if so, well, what is all this talk about a spiritual battle or an opposing force, demons, Satan, whatever? If God is all powerful, what need does God have to fight an quote, opposing force. What about the LGBT community? How does God feel about that? <clears throat> For the average reader, who's not too philosophically curious, these seem like reasonable questions. But for the philosophically astute, there is something among all the questions that jumps right out at you. They're all asking questions about the attributes, feelings, or characteristics of something. Let me explain. In this case, it is about the nature of the supreme being. But here's the catch. Even though it's about the supreme being, it is nevertheless a being. And a being has parameters, has properties. This is theologically problematic. And the true Christian mystic, like Meister Eckhart, understood this. And so you hear something much different from them, much different. So the question is, is there a supreme being? Or is that, once again, just the mindset of ancient people, their perspective? Does it even sound right to you that God has parameters? An anthropomorphic God has parameters, but how big is that guy? I'm going to say as big as Voyager is far. See, you didn't catch that. Because from, from here out, Voyager's very far. From way out there looking in, Voyager's not far at all. This is what the, the Gnostics believe that the God of the Old Testament was not only the real God, it wasn't a very good God because he had created a mess of the world. That's what Gnostics believe. <coughs> so now that we have defined and deleted that old concept of God, the task at hand is to replace it. So why do we need to replace it? Because what man has referred to as God is really just beingness. Beingness. Difficult concept for Western people to grasp. But we must try. 
because this is the way that we, be, we will be able to fully appreciate and demonstrate it. Well, how do we start by looking at God differently? There are ways. Let me try this. First, we can stop seeing God as something with something. Can I give you an example? Yeah. Let's take the common statement, God is omniscient. No problem, right? Sounds good. The problem is the comment that God is omniscient is something with something, a being with omniscience. What happens if I change God is omniscient to God is omniscience? What is happening? What happened to the being in the statement now? It's gone. We can add to that. God is not omnipresent. God is omnipresence. God is not omnipotent. God is omnipotence. God is not a God of love. God is love. God is not the supreme being. God is beingness itself. So we've lost the anthropomorphic factor in the equation for now. <clears throat> in one of the current books, we read it, let's, let's get metaphysical class. The writer suggests this about ourselves. He says, you're not a being with consciousness. You are consciousness itself. This conversion brings us to the door of the realm of infinite and transcendent ideas. This is where God the Father resides, if I can use an old term. And Jesus said that if we knock on this door, it will be opened. I was reluctant to use God the Father because I know it brings that image of man right away, right away. But I wanted to remind you how easy it is to get right back into that old image and to learn to catch yourself when you do so. In unity, we call it divine mind or universal principle. Plato would call it the world of formless, timeless, and unchanging ideas. This is the principle transcendental aspect of God that unity teaches. This is the God that gives rain and sun to the just and the unjust. This is the impersonal aspect of God, God as principle once again. Now, the personal aspect of God in unity teaches is the expression. That would be me, that would be you. That would be the entire manifest world. In unity, God is both principal and personal. It is both outside of us and inside of us. Do you remember the name for this? Panentheism. Panentheism. We've all talked about, all the speakers up here <coughs> have referred to Paul's saying, in him, which I correct to in it, in it, we live and move and have our being. So the new image I want you to work with is that of a God as an infinite ocean and we being completely submerged in it. Have you ever been underwater? Well, imagine that. But what you're submerged in is infinite, creative, and intelligent energy. We have referred to as God, but, it is in, but that is because first century man could not grasp the idea of this without some tangible aspect. So they made it a big man because they lived in a patriarchal society. God was the father to them. 
We're just now beginning to understand that it's not a big man at all, but simply this infinite creative energy that is everywhere. Now, the big hello in that statement is that it is everywhere in its entirety. The first time I heard that, we're like, wow. It is everywhere in its entirety. Never thought about that. Quantum physics refers to it as the infinite field of infinite possibilities. So picture this. In each cell, in each molecule of your body, God, redefined as infinite creative intelligent energy, or the infinite field of infinite possibilities exists in its entirety, in every atom of your body. Wow. Try to wrap your brain around that one. This stuff which we are now beginning to understand is really just pure consciousness. Pure consciousness. Let me change Paul's comment. In pure consciousness, we live and move and have our being. I like that. That's different. So the bottom line is this. Remove the concept of a being and replace it with beingness itself. In this model of the universe, the kingdom of heaven is not going to be set up here on earth at some future time. It already exists and always has existed. Unity says that heaven is not a place. It's a state of mind. It's a state of consciousness that has always existed and always will. Now, remember my analogy of the universe growing because our consciousness was growing? Well, the same thing applies here. This is why Jesus said that the kingdom of God is closer than your breath, that it is at hand. It is here and now because they're all, that's all there is, is here and now. We're finally starting to get a sneak peek into this way of looking at things. We are entering a new state of awareness. Let me go back to the previous question, the original question. How big is your God? Well, hopefully it just got a little bigger. Have a good week. <laughs>